Welcome to The Power Within Her. On this podcast, we're all about seeking self-empowerment to live a life that makes us excited. My name's Megan. I'm a nerdy and super enthusiastic writer and professor with a PhD in English. Together, we'll get intentional by embracing the power of critical thinking and personal growth to achieve those dreams on our hearts. Let's break free of societal expectations, create new stories that serve us, and have some fun with the process of growing into the type of women who embrace the incredible power and potential within ourselves. Are you excited? Let's do this. don't know about you, (laughs) but I feel like time is seriously flying by. I cannot believe it is already the week of Thanksgiving. That is absolutely insane. (laughs) And speaking of the week of Thanksgiving, as of yesterday, it actually marks a full year since my on-campus interview at the current school that I work at here in Arkansas. So, A year ago, Roger and I drove down to Arkansas (laughs) um, for my on-campus interview, which we didn't know at the time would be a decision and an action that would change our entire lives for the better. Like, things got crazy (laughs) around this time of year last year. So, but it was, oh my gosh, it was just, it was so much for, for, for the better, right? I don't even know if that makes sense, but it was for the better. It was so cool. So, to celebrate the anniversary of this life-changing time uh, in my life, I thought it would be really fun to share with you the mindset that I am pretty confident (laughs) secured me the job because it was obviously really, really helpful for me and I think it's going to be really helpful for you too as an ambitious woman. But before we dive in, I do want to say that obviously (laughs) you can't get a job just based on a mindset alone right? Like in most cases, you've obviously got to have the skills and the experience to get the job. But I do think in this particular case, my mindset going into the interview and then embodying that mindset all throughout the day was a huge reason that I was so successful. So that said, let's dive in. But before I tell you what the mindset is, I kind of want to set the stage um, first, because you need some context. <laughs> so as you've heard me talk about on the podcast a zillion times before, Roger and I, my husband and I, we were very unhappy in Iowa. So the culture at where we worked at and the town that we lived in just weren't aligned. <laughs> they just weren't aligned with our values. And every single day I would wake up and I would stare at the ceiling and I would literally groan. I would be like, ugh, like I got to go to work. <laughs> right? Um, I laugh about it now, but honestly, truly, that is how I would start every single day with just a big fat, right? And the further I get (laughs) from that season of life, the more I realize how freaking hard it, it was for me back then to feel good every single day. Like, I can't speak for Roger, but I can tell you that for me, I have recently learned that I was in that season of life dealing with a bit of mild depression and anxiety that was (laughs) all-consuming. So mild depression, but then immense volumes uh, of, of anxiety, right? And to cope with those things... I ended up throwing myself full throttle (laughs) into all of my goals and my dreams. I would sprint at a million miles an hour after them to essentially feel good, right? And I really, truly, in that season of life, I needed something to distract me from how misaligned the life I was 
living was, right? And then in addition to that, the only other thing that was getting me through that season of life um, was anchoring myself to this belief, even though I didn't have the evidence for it quite yet, was the belief that one day we could get out. That this, that this, ugh, every day <laughs> didn't have to be our lives forever, right? So Roger and I carried on like that from the summer of 2019 um, to the summer of 2022, essentially, when we decided that enough was enough, right? We were like, we cannot deal with the ugh every day anymore. Like that was our breaking point. You know, we were like, we just can't do this anymore. And the one thing, like the reason we stayed in that ugh space for so long was the cost of living. (laughs) We were convincing ourselves because there was also COVID, you know, and that that affected things as well. But, you know, the other thing that was tethering us, anchoring us to that school that we worked at and to the town we were living in was the cost of living. We were like, oh, it's cost of living. We can save money, da, 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 all these things, right? And then we can leave. Um, That just wasn't worth it for us anymore, right? We were like, enough's enough. (laughs) The school culture that we were working at um, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And we were like, okay, enough is enough. This is the demarcation line in the sand. We have got to take radical action to get the hell out of here, right? So at the end of summer 2022, I started to apply to jobs like a crazy woman, like completely mad. (laughs) I made a LinkedIn. I grew it to like 700 connections in a couple of weeks, maybe like a month. And I, you know, I got onto Indeed. I got onto as many job boards that were reliable that I could find. And I made tons of resumes. I made a handful of cover letters. I got feedback on my materials. I took, you know, set up tons of Zoom calls to get people's opinions and perspectives on resumes. And I'm like, oh, am I doing this right? Like I went full throttle (laughs) into Operation Get the F Out, right? And I went ham applying to everything and anything I thought I was even remotely qualified for because around that time I had actually seen like a meme or someone had told me that, you know, when it comes to job applications, women are more hesitant to apply to a job where it's like if there are like 10 bullet points in the job of like things you need to have or things that you need to do. And, you know, there's one thing that a a woman who's looking at that description can't do if there's one thing she can't do then she won't apply but a man (laughs) in comparison will look at the same ad and he will have you know nine of those things that he can't do and there's one bullet on there that he can do like he will apply right so I had that in the forefront of my mind I was like nope I am going to apply to anything and everything that I could even remotely be qualified for that I would be able to do right so when it was all said and done I had put in over like 200 applications, (laughs) like tons, right? And I was going to keep going. I was so committed to Operation Get the F Out because my mental health couldn't take it anymore that I was like, we have got to just go, right? And then after I'd put in all those applications, then the even harder part came, (laughs) the waiting, oh, the waiting. And, you know, we we waited. We waited with bated breath, (laughs) hoping that someone, anyone would be able to see that I was smart and driven and adaptable and capable as a writer, editor, editor, (laughs) writer, editor, writer, editor, uh, or a teacher, right? Because those were the types of jobs I applied for, writers, editors, and teachers. And I will never, ever forget (laughs) a couple weeks later after I had put in those 200 applications, when I got the email from a major company, like a major, major, huge company asking me 
for an interview. It was for a media editor at a giant educational publishing company, actually, um, in Austin, Texas. And at first I was like, oh my God, this is the perfect job for me because it blends together my passion and talent for editing with my, you know, passion, intelligence, not intelligence, my passion experience. There we go. Passion experience with education. And it kind of blends the two together, meshes them together to create this job as media editor. And I was like, oh my God, I am so perfect for this, right? And I got so invested (laughs) so fast that I started to research apartments to rent in the Austin area before I even had, you know, before I'd even gone through the interview, right? And, you know, since I was like, you know, oh, like I'd be so perfect. This is fantastic. This has to work, right? Like I immediately went to this, this place that made me really anxious really quickly because I I jumped to this mindset of like, oh my God, I got to get this job. Like this is my ticket out, right? This is our ticket out. I've got to get this job. And so in that headspace, in that kind of a mindset, I went into the interview for the media editor and it went just fine, right? Like I felt pretty good about it. I was very nervous, very anxious, but I felt okay about it. And I didn't end up getting the job. And I wasn't crushed, but I was disappointed. And I was allowed to be disappointed, right? But I now know, like being removed from it, right? I now know that the reason I actually felt disappointed was because I'd put so much freaking pressure (laughs) and expectation onto it, right? I was so focused on the outcome that I wound up feeling a little bit embarrassed even that I didn't get the job. And I had already jumped ahead and started picturing myself living there and looking at apartments and all those things, right? Um, and that's not a crime, but I, it, it just it just created so much pressure, right? And expectation when I didn't get it, I was disappointed. And instead of like I made, so after that, I made a really, really important decision, a really big decision. Instead of beating myself up for the fact that I didn't get the job, I decided to allow myself to be disappointed. And then I decided right then and there that no matter what interviews, no, no matter what future interviews came through, I was allowed to get excited. I was allowed to get hopeful and even curious to look at different houses or housing or whatever it is with the towns um, that the jobs were in had to offer. But I wasn't going to put pressure onto myself to actually get the job, right? I wasn't going to go into the interview thinking, oh my God, you have to do well. Like this is it. You know, you need to get this job, blah, 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 right? Because that was so intense. (laughs) That was way too intense, right? And that was just, it just came with too much pressure, too much expectation. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that to myself, right? Um, So instead, I decided I was going to simply practice my skills for the interview process. Because let's be real, interviewing is 100% a skill (laughs) and I wanted to get really good at it, right? Because I, I knew that yes, it was about operation get the F out, but it was also, I wanted to, to not just jump into another job and another town that was, you know, half aligned or was my lifeline out and, you know, wasn't going to be like my forever thing, right? Like I wanted the next job I got to be a job that I cared about, right? And I wanted to live in a place that I wanted to live in, right? So I was like, okay, we are going to focus completely lost my train of thought here, but we're going <laughs> to, you know, focus on building those interview skills, right? Um, so whenever I got an opportunity to interview and there were several opportunities to do that, I would allow myself to get excited, right? And at the same time, I would then detach 
from the outcome. I would focus on the present moment. I would focus on my goal of building those interview skills and honestly also hoping for the best, but not, but being careful to not attach my worth to getting the job like I had done before, right? And that was really, really huge for me. That was such an important mindset and honestly, even like a muscle to build at the same time because I'd been through, um, just like for an example, um, later on in the interviewing um, process, there was one job I'd applied for as an editor at a college in Arizona. And when I was going through that process, I had there, there were like three rounds of interviews, right? And I had made it through um, all three rounds of that interview process. So the first one was just a phone call with HR. The next one was um, a editing activity they wanted me to do to see if I actually like had the skills and the talent as an editor. And then it was like an interview with a panel of people who just grilled me, <laughs> right? For like 45 minutes. Um, and then after all of that, they offered me the job, right? And at first I was really, really pumped because I was like, ooh, this is, this is cool. Again, it combines my passion for editing with my passion and experience for um, and in education, right? Because I was going to be an editor for, um, I think it was like the business department and the medical like nursing school or something like that, um, editing their curriculum, right? And so I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like this seems really, really perfect, right? And I learned after they offered me the job that um, there were some things that I didn't realize about the job, like some logistics that I was like, ooh, like that's that's a red flag for me. Um and so basically what it boiled down to was that moving to Arizona to start a job that paid me less <laughs> that, than I was currently making just wasn't worth it in the long run, right? And of course I negotiated and they wouldn't come up on salary. So I ended up passing. I passed on that job. I hope you are loving this episode, my friend, but I just had to pop in real fast to share something super freaking exciting with you. So as you know, I am the founder and CEO of PWH Publishing, and one of our authors is Haley McMillan, who wrote the book, The Hearts We Keep, which readers like you have absolutely loved and devoured. And I am so freaking excited to tell you that Haley is back with her second novel, Margot James is Fine, which releases, drumroll, ah, on December 1st on Amazon. So to celebrate that up and coming release, I want to share with you the book synopsis. So here we go. Margot James is fine, really. She's a recovering foster kid and a certified expert at keeping any potential vulnerabilities at a safe distance. She's quietly living the okayest life ever with her long-term leading man until she gets dumped at the altar and is left untethered and alone in the world again. Margot decides to cope the same way she always does by disappearing into her role as a bereavement coordinator at a bustling Chicago hospital. Despite Margot's best efforts to completely dissolve, fate steps in and a determined co-worker convinces Margot to take her honeymoon trip to St. Lucia solo. She's okay with running away. And this time, when she does, Margot's world bursts into technicolor. Margot James is Fine is the story of a relentless giver who learns how to shine her light on herself almost as much as she shines it on the people around her who are navigating grief. Her past is heartbreaking and her future is a blank page, but readers will root for Margot as she overcomes toxicity, finds simple joy and thrilling freedom in, in surprising places, and falls in love in profound and unexpected ways. 
Oh my gosh, girlfriend. I cannot wait for this story to get into your hands here soon in just like, you know, a couple of weeks. <laughs> it is seriously so good. And similar to Haley's first book, Margot James is Fine will also take you on a roller coaster of emotions. It will make you laugh. It will make you go, oh, and it will make you tear up. <laughs> Haley is a genius in creating stories that grip you from the beginning to end. And I just know that you're also going to love Margot James is fine. So if you want to get your hands on Haley's second book, head to Amazon on December 1st to order it. I promise you're going to love it. And now let's dive back into today's episode. Yes, I was disappointed, but again, I had been working so freaking hard throughout the job application process to detach from the outcome and to not anchor my worth to any sort of outcome, no matter what job I was applying to, that yes, I was bummed for a couple of days because I'd worked so hard to get offered that job. But there was this other part of me, this bigger part of me, that knew in my gut that job as an editor in Arizona wasn't right for me. I was worth so much freaking more money than they were offering me. So I passed, right? I rolled the dice, I passed, I was like, "Mm -mm. (laughs) we're gonna keep applying, right? So I kept applying because I knew that Roger and I just couldn't live and work in the town and at the school that we were working at. And I, you know, just, I rooted myself deep in this unwavering belief that if I just kept at it, it was gonna work out, right? Because again, we had drawn the line in the sand. We were we were leaving, we were getting out, but we weren't gonna do it in a way that was so hasty and haphazard and just to leap at anything that was offered, right? We were gonna do this right. And on November 6th, 2022, it did. I got a phone call from a woman telling me that she was impressed by my resume and that she wanted to interview me for a teaching position in a school, or at a school, excuse me, at a school in Arkansas. And on November 10th, I had a um, virtual interview and she called me. So that, yeah, that was November 10th. And then the next day she called me (laughs) and invited me to campus, right? And then, you know, we got all those details sorted out. She, you know, I gave her three different days I could do it. She picked one and it just so happened to be the Monday of Thanksgiving week, (laughs) right? And um, I went and I taught at the school for a full day. So the day before, so the interview was on Monday. So on Sunday, Roger and I had to drive down, right? I had to drive the five, six hours down to Arkansas. And as we were driving, I was like, you know, I'm pretty confident (laughs) that I'm going to get this job because I'm confident in my ability as a teacher. I have got tons of experience. I know what I'm doing. Like, I know that I can do this. But at the same time, I also needed to remind myself that I was still going to detach from the outcome. It didn't matter if I actually got the job as a teacher at that school in Arkansas or not. I was going to go in there and I was going to do my best and I was going to have fun, right? Because ever since I arrived at the college that I was teaching at in Iowa from 2019 through the fall of 2022, I just didn't have fun teaching. Like, I, I, there's no other way to spin it. For a long time, I thought that I didn't want to stay in education for the long term, right? I was like, I'm not having fun. This is such a chore. I just don't want to do this, right? Um, and... I don't even remember what my point was. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, so anyway, so like as we were driving down to, to Arkansas, 
you know, I was like, it, it would have just been so easy for me to be like, oh my God, I have to do well, you know, and just to go in with that sense of pressure to be like, we got to get the F out of this town, of this school that we don't want to be in anymore, right? But if I went in with that mentality, had all that pressure on my shoulders, I would have been miserable. And, you know, prior experience kind of has taught me that I might choke, <laughs> right? So, Hopefully you're picking up here what I'm putting down. I feel like I am all over the place. <laughs> but anyway, so we're driving down. You know, I'm like, I, I, I felt that inclination to be like, oh, like I got to get this. But I was like, no, we're going to shove that to the side. We're just going to detach from the outcome. We're going to do our best. We're going to have fun, right? So I march in the front doors that morning, bright and early Monday morning, excited and energized and just deciding that the outcome didn't matter. I kept repeating to myself, like the outcome doesn't matter. Whatever happens is gonna happen and I'm just gonna have fun, I'm gonna be present and I'm going to enjoy the opportunity to teach their students, right? And let me tell you, (laughs) that was the most fun I have ever had teaching in my 11 year teaching career. The kids were so freaking smart. They were so engaged and so much fun. And my mindset was so locked in to the goal of being present and having fun and enjoying teaching and enjoying the the process of showcasing show bleh, I can't talk today showcasing there we go my passion for teaching in a way that I honestly thought I had previously lost right and I had so much fun and that that the day just when it went by in a flash like it was like I got there at 7:30 hit the ground running and then before I knew it it was 2:30 and we were done <laughs> right and by the end of the day, I got into the car with Roger. I was so freaking proud of myself. I had been go, go, going all day long, right? From one class to the other to the other, just boom, 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 right? I was so proud of myself and so freaking energized, despite the fact that I had been on my feet all day and teaching and talking and like the whole nine yards, right? And 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 I know that I was so proud of myself and I know that it went so freaking well. I just, I had nailed it all day long, Right? because of that mindset, that mindset, that decision to detach from the outcome. By detaching from the outcome, it allowed me to be the best teacher I had ever been in my 11-year career, right? Because the pressure to be good wasn't there. I wasn't consumed with worry about getting the job. I was just so focused on being me and having fun and letting my passion and my talent for teaching shine right? And that right there, I am so freaking convinced is what got me the job. The mindset of detaching from that outcome and just letting who I am and what I'm about and my my talent and experience shine through, right? So an hour after school, I went to the search committee chair's house and she offered me the job just like right there on the spot. I will never forget it. We were standing in her house at her kitchen island. She was on one side. I was on the other side, you know, and my husband Roger was talking to her husband in their living room and she just like offered me the job and I tentatively took it, asked some questions, you know, and by by tentatively took it, I mean like we had negotiated and stuff. So pending our negotiations, I would probably take it, right? So, you know shook hands, hugged, got back on the road (laughs) to drive back to Iowa, right? And so then on Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, she called me and I accepted the job and here we are, right? And the reason I wanted to share this big long story with you (laughs) is because I know that I'm not the only woman who struggles with putting pressure onto herself, right? 
or struggles under the weight of such rigid expectations, right? As ambitious women, we aim high, right? We aim high and we want the good outcome, right? We do. That's just a fact, (laughs) right? We want those 9 million downloads on our podcast. We want the best-selling book. We want our kids to get good grades and to get into good colleges. We want the super cute person we're dating to be our forever person. We want that, you know, epic vacation in Hawaii, right? Our vision, for ourselves and our lives and our families are huge. That's just a fact, right? They're huge. We're ambitious women. We aim high. Our goals and our dreams and our visions, they're they're huge. They're fun. They're exciting, right? And wanting these things, these massive things, and setting these big goals, those things aren't the problem, right? The problem is that we get too fixated on the outcome, on the 9 million downloads, on the, the labels, the likes, the whatever, right? We get so fixated on that outcome, which then creates pressure. And then, in my experience, the joy vanishes, right? The fun vanishes and impatience takes over, which adds all kinds of like anxiety and intensity, which is the opposite of fun (laughs) and honestly so unnecessary. When we detach from the outcome of any goal, any situation, whether it's applying to a job or starting a podcast or writing a book or starting a relationship or starting a business, we free ourselves up to be more present and to let our inherent awesomeness and our gifts and our talent shine through because it's not being crushed under the forced pressure and expectation to be able to achieve a specific outcome, right? So girl, To wrap this up, (laughs) I just want to say, take it from me. Let go. Let go. Release the expectation and the pressure to get that specific outcome because that outcome doesn't make you worthy. You are worthy all on your own right freaking now. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process and make sure that you're having fun because life is way too precious and way too damn short to be so freaking stressed out all the time, right? And I know, I know, trust me, I know (laughs) that it is not easy to detach from the outcome, right? It's not, but it's worth it, right? And that mindset can be so unbelievably freeing and empowering. And I know that it's worth it because I've got a job that's so unbelievably rewarding with kids that crack me up every single day and just take my breath away with their intelligence, right? And Roger and I now live in a city that we love and I've got friends and a community and it's just so freaking great. Life is so great. Do not let the pressure and rigid expectations that you've got for yourself rob you of joy. And don't you dare attach your worthiness to outcomes because you are worthy all on your own. I love you, girlfriend. I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Good Lord, I can't talk today. (laughs) Don't forget to head to Amazon on December 1st to order Haley McMillan's second book, Margot James is Fine. I know you are going to love it. Also, happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate. I am so grateful for you and being with you on this journey. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and we will chat again soon. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could either share it on social media and tag me so that I can personally thank you for listening in. Or you could leave a review of the podcast to increase searchability of the power within her so that more women can listen in and grow with us. Either way, I am so grateful that you're here with me spreading the important message about critical thinking and self-empowerment.